Well, again, we want to uh, welcome all of you and thank you for being here today and celebrating uh, not only the Lord's Day, but the very special uh, sacrament of holy baptism. Um, before someone can be baptized in our church, especially when it comes to an adult or even the parents of children, we uh, meet with them, we instruct them. There's a whole group of things, uh, both biblically and doctrinally, that we go through. Uh, and then we go over the vows that you all heard, both for the adults and for the children. Uh, but even then, sometimes you kind of wonder, well, what exactly is baptism? And I had planned to do a different sermon today, but uh, Jamie came and saw me this week, and we were talking about Reacher and about how to uh, you know, explain these, these uh, things about baptism to him. And I realized that it would probably be really helpful. Jamie had some amazing questions, very good. And I thought, uh, especially uh, these last couple days, that it would not hurt to take just a few minutes and explain what it is uh, that uh, baptism, what it is, um, uh, why we do it, and what it means. So we're going to look at those three things this morning. And you don't have the scriptures in your bulletin, it's from us. Uh, First Peter, but that'll be next week. But I am going to read a passage from Matthew chapter 3. It's a familiar passage, and if you have your Bibles, I welcome you to open them to Matthew 3. I'm going to read the first 17 verses. Now hear God's word. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea went out to him to be baptized. They were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered and said, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down and resting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So very quickly, baptism. What is baptism? It's a lot of things, too many for me to cover this morning, but let me give you just a few. These are a few of the very most important things about baptism. One is, baptism is a ritual of purification. In the Old Testament, when they were anointing or baptizing, they would take water and they would either sprinkle or pour it onto the person who was to be cleansed. They washed their hands, they, they cleansed their heads and their shoulders in order to show that they were clean all over. They didn't get into a tub and take a complete bath like we do here in the West, although that also was done on specific occasions for the Levitical priests. 
But more normally, whenever they baptized, they did it with sprinkling and pouring as a ritual of purification, cleaning, cleansing. It was also a symbol of renewal, a symbol of the renewing power of the Holy Spirit pouring down. Remember, they lived in a desert like us. And so rain and moisture was precious and very welcome. It wasn't like they lived in South Florida or somewhere where you kind of hope it'll not rain today. But there they looked for the rain. And when the rain came down, just like here in El Paso, when it comes down, there's a sweetness to the smell of the atmosphere. There's nothing like it. That beautiful smell of the desert when the rain has come. It's a, it's a symbol of renewing and pouring out of the Holy Spirit. As you read here in this passage, the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus like a dove. It's also a a sacrament or a ritual, a rite, if you will, of inclusion. In other words, the sacrament of baptism replaces in the New Testament what the sacrament of circumcision was in the Old Testament. At eight days old, the Jewish and Hebrew families would bring their babies to the priest and the priest would circumcise the baby boy at eight days old, and he was included in a patriarchal society. The sons were made uh, uh, covenant members, and then all who belonged to them, their wives, their servants, their children, males, females, everyone in that family unit, household, belonged to God. So it's a ritual of purification, of renewal, of pouring out of the Holy Spirit, and inclusion in God's covenant promises that He makes to His people, their families, and that's why we read the passage from Acts chapter 2. Let me give you a few scriptures very quickly. Paul, when Paul was converted, he went into Damascus, and Ananias, a Christian believer there, was told by God in a vision, go baptize Paul. Go tell him what's happened to him, this conversion that Paul had. Ananias explains it. To him, and then he says, Now, Paul, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of Jesus. So there it is purification, inclusion, renewal of the Holy Spirit, washing away our sins. In Romans chapter 6, the apostle went on to write this All who have been baptized into Christ, listen, were baptized into his death, buried with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might walk in newness of life. So there you have again a, a ritual, if you will, of inclusion in the death of Christ. So when a person, whether it's an adult or, or an infant like the, like the twins this morning, what we're saying symbolically is these are identified with Jesus in His death and resurrection. Identity, pouring out of the Holy Spirit, renewal. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, In Christ you are all sons of God through faith. As many as were baptized into Christ inclusion, have put on Christ. In other words, we're clothed. All that Jesus is comes on us through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the symbolic outpouring of the Spirit, and we take on the cloak of His righteousness, not our own, not our own merit. In fact, we talk about it every week in church. We can't be good enough to get God's favor. We must depend on Christ and what He does for us. 
And then in 1 Corinthians, Paul said this, In one spirit we are all baptized into one body. There's the inclusion again. Both Jews and Greeks, doesn't matter now your nationality or your background or your ethnicity, all, once they come to baptism, we're all equal. Doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter how much money you have, and it certainly doesn't matter how much sin has been committed in your life because baptism means I'm going to wash away those sins. So that's what it means. Why do we do it? Well, Christ commanded it, and he commanded it not only for adults, but for our children. An explicit command. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the Apostle Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost to a a mixed crowd of of Gentiles and Jews and people of all backgrounds, races, everybody And this is what he said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You see, washing away of those sins. You will receive the gift of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be poured out on you. Water is a symbol of Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then he says this, For the promise... The promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise of repentance, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of inclusion in God's people, no matter who you are or what the background of your life may be, He will take, He's saying to everyone, come one and come all, the promise is for you and for your children. The promise extends. That's why we have believing parents come and bring their children to the waters of baptism because the promise is not only to their parents, it's for them as well. And Jesus commanded in Matthew 28, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all nations, all ethne, all ethnic people, every ethnicity on the face of the earth. Go preach the gospel to them, baptize them, and teach them my teaching. So what does it mean? Baptism, let me put it this way. When Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized, all these people were coming. You have to imagine, hundreds, thousands of people were coming to John to be baptized for one purpose only. To renew their covenant that they had broken, to be re-included, if you will, back into the people of God, and to wash away their sins. They were coming to the waters of baptism saying, you know, we've broken your law, we've broken your covenants, we didn't do what you wanted us to do, we need renewal of your Holy Spirit, we need to be cleansed again. These were the people of God, these were church people. We need to be cleansed because we have sin. And when John saw Jesus coming, he said, stop, stop. I need to be baptized by you. You don't need to be baptized by me. Jesus was sinless. He had never committed a sin. Why would he need to come and be baptized? And listen, Jesus says something very interesting. I think we kind of, because we read the story so much or have heard it so often, kind of goes over our head. He says, permit it now. Let it be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, let me, John, let me, Jesus, do what is right. Let me do what is right. 
And then Jesus stepped down into the river Jordan. We don't know how he was baptized, if he was dunked under the water or if John had a bowl and scooped it up. I mean, church tradition uh, doesn't tell us, but we do know that they did it all different ways. He probably scooped the water up either in his hand or in a bowl and poured it over Jesus. That's what they typically did. And the minute, listen, what does it mean? What does baptism mean? It doesn't mean that you're saying something to God. It's God saying something to you. Me for you. I'll step into the water for you. What cleanses you will make me filthy. What washes away your sins will put your sins on me. Your inclusion into the covenant people of God will mean that I will be carried out, whipped and beaten outside the city to a, garden dump, to a, to a, to a uh, garbage dump and be nailed to a cross and there die for you. I won't be included. I'll be thrown out with the trash. And the anointing and the comforting and the cleansing and the refreshing of the Holy Spirit? No. The minute Jesus stepped into the waters of baptism, He looked forward to the cross. It was a straight line from there to the cross. And He knew that He would be parched, thirsty, stripped, broken, everything taken away from Him. And in the end, forsaken. So that when we come to the waters of baptism, as I told Jamie, when we come to the baptism waters, it isn't us saying to God, oh, I'll be a good person from now on. I'll be great for you. When we come to the waters of baptism, it is God saying to us, I will go into the flood. I will be drowned for you. I will be made filthy for you. I will die on the cross for you. Me for you. Only religion in the whole world that says me for you. Every other religion, doesn't matter what it is, always says to people, you do for me, maybe I'll accept you. And you've got to do a lot and you've got to make it good. Only Christianity does Jesus come down and step into that water meant for sinners to identify with us and say to the world, not only then, but now, and to all of you here today, me for you. Me for you. 700 years before this, Isaiah said he was despised. Speaking of Christ, the suffering servant. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he has borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him the punishment that brought us peace was laid and by his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, each one of us to our own way. And He has laid the iniquities of us all on Him. That's why we baptize. And that's what it means. And that's why I, I beg you today, if you've not been baptized, you need to come and see me and let's get you baptized. If you were baptized 
and, and you feel like you've fallen away from the faith, come and see me, and I will tell you that the baptism that was done in your life, whenever that was, God has never left you and never forsaken you and never will. At the waters of baptism, he said, you come, I will be, I will be with you forever. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? I hope you will. Let's pray. Our God and Father, none of us is worthy to stand before you. We all have our lives covered with sin, inside and out. And yet, like so many of us, like me, you found, a, you found me in the gutter, Father. You lifted me out. You cleansed me with clean water. Jesus stepped into that water for me. And he will for anyone who calls upon his name. And I pray, Father, that today you will renew by the power of your Holy Spirit our lives. Help us. Save us. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your grace. Amen.